Well, um, hard day for me. I, I don't like last days. <laughs> and this is my last day with you. I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed being your interim pastor. I just praise God he gave me the opportunity to get to know you because you all have been a blessing in my life. And I mean that sincerely. And I really, really do thank you for that. Um, at the same time, I want to apologize to you because I'm going to really throw you a curveball today. Okay? Um, Mr. Interim Pastor, who never uses notes, I've got a file folder full of them today. I, I realized uh, last night as I went to bed, this is my last time to yell at you. So, you know, I'm going to really give you everything I got today. <laughs> now, I. You know what I normally do? We go into the scripture and we take a passage of scripture or a topic and and do multiple scriptures to show how it relates throughout the entire Bible and and we build it all out of the word. And I'm going to do something really different today. We're going to start in the Bible and and, uh, set the foundation for what I want to do today. But then I'm going to want to do something else with it and there were so many passages of scripture I'm not even going to reference them, you know. And um, if you will, we're going to have a fireside chat. Is that okay? And where I normally run around up here and sometimes get down there among you, uh, uh, I'm going to be up here and I may be seated sometime. Uh, I I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen because I've struggled with this. And uh, you should have heard it last night when I preached it to the wall. (laughs) It it was It was good. P.S. It was also way too long, so I started cutting and cutting and cutting. Um, But we're going to see what happens, okay? And uh, right now, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Just put your finger there and let me set it up here. Uh, And uh, we're going to start in Proverbs because what I want to do is talk to you about some Proverbs today. Some right out of Proverbs, but then the majority of them not out of the book of Proverbs, okay? So as you're turning there, uh, and I'll get my notes out here so I can kind of remember what I told the guys up in the, the, the audio booth to be sure to do, uh, I want to run up with the, with the first slide and talk about what is the purpose of a proverb. What is the purpose of a proverb? And you see it right there. Uh, the, the, the purpose of a proverb is a proverb is a, a statement. It's a statement which briefly expresses some practical truth. And remember this, it's not a promise. If Proverbs were promises, they would have called it the book of proverbial promises or something like that. It's, it's a Proverbs. They're, they're statements of truth, but they're not promises, okay? Does that, does that make sense to you, okay? You know, the... The, the one that, because I've been involved in youth ministry all of my life and working with parents and how many times parents of teenagers have come to me and they're concerned about their teenagers and then they quote, Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he'll not depart from it. So I'm, I'm claiming that promise. No, that's a proverb. And that proverb basically says, listen, if you will train up a child in the way he should go, she should go, there's a good chance when they're older, 
they will be following that, but it's not a promise that they will because they have a free will on their own and they can and do make choices. But as I've studied that over the years, it's amazing to me. It says when they get old, I studied the Jewish culture. That's where my doctoral work was in, was in the Jewish culture in relationship to we, the church. And I discovered that old age, and some of you are going to really hate me for this, but when you're old is when you turn 40. I can hear the bubbles popping all over the place. Sorry about that. (laughs) But I also discovered as I was doing research in the field and doing my work, how many times I heard from people that said, you know, my parents trained me and they did their best and I wandered and, you know, but God has gotten a hold of my heart and he's brought me back into the faith and, and everything. And I just would ask a question, about how old were you when that happened? And I'm amazed at the number of folks that say, oh, 39, 40, 42. Yeah. It was somewhere around in there. And I just smile and I say, what are you smiling about? And I say, oh, well, I'm just reminded of God's word. You know. But it's not a promise. It's not a guarantee. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 1 got to get through my introduction to get to what I really want to say to you. And go to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 5, 6, and 7. And I want to show this to you, this, this very thing, okay? So uh, if you'll bring that up, Proverbs uh, uh, chapter 1, 5 through 7. It's got some things up there on the screen. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay, Good proverb that basically says these things. A wise person will hear. They will increase their learning. And they will obtain guidance for the future. And they will fear, which means to reverence. It's not to quake in fear, but it's to reverence God for who he is. And when we come to that place, that's the beginning where it unlocks us uh, the the opportunity to understand what he's trying to say to us. Go to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2 in one verse, verse 6. It says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Now this is a little bit different. If you look back in Proverbs chapter 1, we're talking, uh, it's a proverb about us. Proverbs chapter 2, it's a proverb about the Father. It's a statement of practical truth. Uh, The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Now when a proverb speaks to God... (laughs) You can count on that. It's not a promise. It is a statement of reality. The Lord gives wisdom. Matter of fact, we know that he said, if you lack wisdom, ask, and he'll give it to you if you ask without doubting. Now, on the other 
if we hear, we will increase and we'll learn and obtain guidance and we'll fear the Lord. But that's up to us. Go, go to Proverbs chapter 3 and let's look at one more illustration. As I lay this foundation for what I'm about to, to share with you in uh, Fireside Chat. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And once again, we see the practical statements of truth that are in that passage of Scripture. We need to totally trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. Important. Trust Him, not ourselves. And then it goes on to say, acknowledge that He is the Lord. And probably when I typed that, I should have said, acknowledge that the Lord is the, all caps, L-O-R-D, because that's what it's really stating. Don't be wise in your own eyes, but again, reverence God and turn away from evil. Now, those are practical statements of truth. Would you agree? But you have to decide whether you're going to apply them to your life or not. They're not an automatic promise. But if you take the practical truths and apply them to your life, then God will do his part of the process as you continue to surrender to him and follow him. Now we're going to get into the interesting part. With that foundation, okay, bring up the next slide because it's, I want to give you some TMAC Proverbs. These are not scripturally based where I can take you to it and say this verse, read this, and you'll see this. They are practical statements of truth that I have learned by studying the scriptures And by being in the ministry for 49 years, almost, I'm not quite there. April 1st will be my 49th anniversary in the ministry. But just, I just, as I was working on the message this week, the the TMAC Proverbs I'm going to give you, they flow out of Romans 12, 4 through 5, Ephesians 4, 29, Matthew 7, 1 through 5, Matthew 7, 12, Psalms 15, I quit writing them down, okay? You know, because they were just everywhere and we don't have time. And that was just the first few things as I just, Scripture started just popping into my mind because what I want to share with you are some things as we transition from me being your interim pastor to Todd coming to be your full-time pastor. These are things that I have learned in my own life, my own ministry, people who have built into my life and what I've heard from other people who have gone through this time of transition. So, if you will, five categories that I want you to to see. We're going to kind of race through them, and I've got enough of them. I'm not going to spend much time. I'm going to give them to you. By the way, I will give these to the staff and the elders. I've printed them out, and if you want a copy of these, you can have them. Uh, I'll make some hard copies today, but also electronically send it to them, and they can 
send it to you that way. Don't try to write down these proverbs that I'm going to give you, okay? Here's what I want you to do. What is the Spirit saying to you about what you hear? Listen to what God has said to me and what I'm trying to then say to you. And then you listen to God and say, okay, God, what do I get from that? And let him take you to scriptures that will validate this in your life. Okay? So we're going to be in these five areas. And uh, so let's charge in and get going. Okay? Fireside chat begins. So let me give these to you just real quick. Wise is the person who understands. <clears throat> excuse me. Wise is the person who understands. Todd has been called as your pastor, not Ashley. Todd has been called by father to be your pastor. Ashley is his wife. Treat her like you would anybody else. Ask her if she wants to get involved. Don't assume she's going to take over things. I don't know how many times, oh, well, you can play the piano. Good, you're going to play the piano next Sunday because you're our new pianist. Where did that come from? Did we pray and talk about that? And I'm I'm using illustrations of other places I've been. So, remember... God has called Todd here. Ashley has come as his helpmate. Treat her with respect. And ask her to get involved. She wants to get involved in the church. But ask her. Don't tell her where she's going to do her ministry. Let God tell her what her ministry is. Number two. Wise is the person who takes a day of Sabbath rest weekly. That one's for Todd. He's not here, so you all are in charge of making sure that happens. P.S. Sunday is not a Sabbath day of rest for those of us in the ministry. Uh, I left the house at uh, a little after 6 this morning, and I'll probably get home tonight somewhere, I hope, around 8.30 or so. That's a long day, and it's going to be in meetings all afternoon, and prayer meeting will be my last thing with you today. That's not a Sabbath rest for me. I must find it somewhere else. Please make sure Todd finds a Sabbath day of rest. Because we who are in ministry, we will violate that probably as much as anything else we do. And that's not right. We are wrong when we do that. So help him. Another family proverb. Wise is the man who disciples his own children and attends their activities. Let your pastor... Go to things with his children. We, we have a little tradition in my family as my kids were growing up. And, and, I, and I said to them as their daddy, I said, girls, you know, on your birthday, daddy will be here when you open your eyes. And daddy will tuck you into bed at the end of the day. That's my promise to you. And I did that. Not without some problems along the way. 
I'll never forget the first time I was confronted with this challenge and I was leading a meeting that annually occurred at a certain time and because calendar shift, all of a sudden, this major meeting that I was leading, I always have a team of folks that I work with. I'm never working in solo. And I said, team, I'm going to have to be gone on the second day of the event. What? You're in charge. I said, I know I'm in charge, but I'm giving you the responsibility on the second day because I made a promise to my daughters. And so that at the end of the first day, uh, we gathered for the closing, and I told the folks, I said, this, we're off to a great start. And by the way, we're all getting ready to go off to our separate rooms to go for the night's rest. And I will not be here any tomorrow. But when you gather back for coffee and breakfast on the third day, I will be here. Because when, as soon as you head to bed, I'm heading to my car and I'm driving two hours home. Because when my daughter gets up in the morning, daddy's going to be there to greet her. And uh, then daddy will tuck her into bed. And as soon as I get her into bed on that night, I'll jump in my car and I'll drive back two hours to get here and I'll have breakfast and coffee with you all in the morning. That next morning, when I walked in, the group stood and gave me a standing ovation. I thought, what? And I don't know how many of them came up to me and after it and said, I wish my pastor would sometime tell me no and go be with his kids. And I thought, wow, that just wasn't something God gave me. There are a lot of other folks feeling that as well. Let your pastor disciple his children. That is his biblical responsibility, just like it's your biblical responsibility as parents to disciple your children and that's why the church works with you to help you on that. So let, let him do that. Okay? Got to hurry now. Had to tell that story though because that's important. That's important for him to be with his kids. Leadership Proverbs. Wise is the church who calls a man to be their leader following God's leadership and praise the Lord you have done that. I give you kudos for that. God has called him. You have heard that. You have said, Todd, we believe that. And he's coming. Second Proverbs of leadership. Wiser still is the church who allows the leader to lead. That's where sometimes, and I've been there, well, we've always done it this way. Well, Maybe it might change. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. But if you've called him to be your lead pastor, please let him lead. Please let him lead. That's very, very important. You might find some things you like that you've never done before. Third, even wiser is the church who understands God builds his church through the body of Christ and not just the pastor. Statistical research has been done 
And the best you can hope for with your pastor's leadership, he will win enough people to the Lord, he will have enough contact with folks who will then transfer membership here or whatever to maintain the people who move out of the community or die. And that's the best you can hope from him in the number. So many churches just say, wow, we've got a new dynamic pastor. He will build the church. No, he won't. The word of God says God will build the church, and he does it through you. And if you don't do the assignment that we've talked about, and I've over and over stated it to you, this church will not grow. It will basically maintain. And God has called us to reach the world starting with Independence, Kansas. So, be a wise church. Next, wise is the church who allows their pastor to be the guy, be the person who God created him to be. I've shared this with you in that large Bible study group as you were looking at calling him. Uh, he won't be like me. He won't preach like me. He won't be like Dave. He won't preach like Dave. He will be like Todd, and he will preach like Todd, and that's okay. All right? Let, let him be the person God has called him to be. And the last leadership proverb is, wise is the church who gives leadership grace. Hang on to those words. Wise is the church who gives leadership grace to their pastor since he is not perfect. You know he's not perfect. I have prepared you for a not perfect pastor. I have not been perfect. Give leadership grace. He's going to make mistakes. I just jotted some things down. He's, he's going to make mistakes. Uh, by the way, he doesn't possess all the spiritual gifts, so he can't be all things to all people at all times. Uh, he can't read minds. Don't get offended. Well, you didn't come see me when I was sick. Well, who did you tell? I didn't tell anybody, but you should have known. I have heard that to my face because they were upset with me. Secret, we can't read minds. I just found out today one of our elders has been sick this week and I felt really bad, but I didn't know about it, so I'm not going to go on a guilt trip about it. I am going to talk to him and say, tell me next time. <laughs> Understand he's also still learning to grow. He has not arrived yet. <clears throat> Your old man, interim pastor, has not made it to where I want to be. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. As you've given me leadership grace, give Todd even more leadership grace. You all have been so good at this with me. Continue to be good like that with your new pastor. Ministry Proverbs. Wise is the church who understands the pastor's role is to... Anybody know? Scripturally? What? Nope. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Yeah, it's based right out of Scripture, folks. <laughs> uh, he will lead by example. I don't think he will ever ask you to do what he is not doing, but folks... It is up to us. His job is to equip you. That is a, 
I can't find any place in the scripture where it says, and the pastor is called to preach. No. He's to be a shepherd. To equip the saints. One of the things he will do is preach. He will love to do that to you. For you. Help you. But he is to equip you. So let him do that. Find your place in ministry and get trained to do. And then God will build the church as you all are all tools ready to go. Number next, wise is the church who allows their pastor to have uninterrupted time to pray, study, prepare lessons, and messages for the family of faith. He may not always be available every time you call. He will return calls, I'm sure. I know Todd well enough. But there may be times he just has to quarantine himself off and study. You know, uh, I'm not going to tell you how many hours I spent this week preparing this uh, because I'm still in the process of preparing it even as I say it. So it's a work in progress today. But allow him uninterrupted time periodically and he will get back to you. Uh, Number next, wise is it the church who understands that traditions are good but they are not always eternal. (laughs) Yeah, I I meant that. Um, Don't be offended if something changes. Um, You might like something new that comes along, but here's the critical point. If something does change that's a tradition to your church and you don't like it, Go talk to Todd about it. Please talk to him. Don't go, I didn't like that. Hey, Jeremy, Jeremy. Did you see what Todd did? I don't like Todd. Amen. Okay, okay, Pastor. We've got a committee together that says it's time for you to move on because you violated a tradition. A little over exaggeration. <laughs> I wear long pants when I preach because I don't want you to see the scars of people nipping at my ankles because I didn't do something. Matter of fact, I remember one church I was interim and I introduced something new and I had talked with the church leadership and we had agreed to do that. And we tried it, and immediately, (laughs) and did I get it from the source that it was coming from? No, I got it from everybody. Hey, you need to watch out, so-and-so, you know. And And guess what? That person later came up and said, you know, we've never done that before, but I really like that. I hope that becomes a tradition at our church. And I thought, can I get that in writing, please? (laughs) Be, be gracious there. Be gracious there. And if you have a problem, talk to him, okay? All right. Number next, wise is the church who understands that attending children's and youth camps is not vacation time. I've had pastors call me and say, what do I do? I have no vacation time this year because I went to children's camp and I went to youth camp to be with our kids And the church has now informed me I have used all of my vacation time. That's real. That's not a made-up pastoral creation. 
That is a quote. Going to youth and children's camps is kind of business as usual for those of us in the ministry. That's what we do. It's not a breaking routine. So please be gracious with him there. Um, another one is, uh, wise is the church who allows their leaders to be involved in the community in order to understand community needs and find opportunities for ministry to the community. Don't expect him to be in the office from 8 to 5 every day. Allow him the freedom to get out. Uh, if you haven't noticed, um, and if you haven't, come, come by the church any day this week and just pop into the worship center here and see how many lost people who need to hear the gospel message are in here waiting for the pastor to come in and talk to them. This room is empty during the week. And we need to be out there. Now, we do need to have some office time so that you can come or times where we can go minister to you. But do understand that he needs to be out there working because that's where the lost folks are. A couple of time proverbs and then I'll finish up here. Time proverbs. Wise is the church who invites their pastor to attend all of the team meetings of the church but does not expect him to attend every team meeting of the church. Uh, listen, folks, uh, you all are a, a, a good Baptist church. You have lots of meetings. Uh, and I've had the privilege of being in a lot of meetings, and they're good. But he can't attend everything, and sometimes they actually conflict. And some of you know this. I am in the meeting part here, and then I run over to another meeting that's happening across the hall at the same time. That's just life. Understand that he doesn't need to be in every one of your meetings. Here's the best thing, though. Have somebody taking minutes and give those minutes to the pastor so he knows what's going on. Um, I was the uh, administrative pastor of a, a large church, and they nicknamed me instead of T-Mac. They called me Memo Mac. Uh, <laughs> because my job at the end of every day was to give a full report to the pastor of everything that had occurred that day so that he would be abreast of all that had happened that day. That, that was a... I, I, I could publish those in a book. <laughs> a plaque they gave me after years of ministry with them was uh, Memo Mac. <laughs> you know. uh, so allow him the freedom. And sometimes he needs to be absent from a meeting so he can go be with his family. Because then the next one is the last time, Proverbs. Wise is the church who understands the pastor's family, needs him home several nights a week to be a husband and a daddy, to relax and to develop a strong spiritual and emotional bond with them. I've had one church in my years of being in the local church on a staff where I got called on the carpet by the deacons. And that's the only time I've ever been called on the carpet by the deacons. And they said, we have a problem with you. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> said, you work too much and you need to be with your family more. And I said, but I take Tuesday off. That's my day. And they said, we know. And now you will also take off late Monday afternoon, get out of here, go home, 
and we don't want to see you in the church after 4 o'clock on Monday until next Wednesday. And we will be on you if you are. Thank you for leadership who recognized at that point I needed to be with my wife. We were uh, childless at that point. (laughs) But they knew I needed to be with my wife. Not just on my day off, but several nights during the week. And uh, so, help there. Final proverb. Wise is the church member, regardless of their title or tenure, who remembers that the church is a theocracy, not a democracy. Let me explain, because sometimes we get confused there. A theocracy is when we go to God and we hear from God and God tells us who we are to be as a local church and help us make decisions about how we operate and serve and everything. A democracy is where we gather the representatives and we talk it over and we figure out what we need to do to make it right. The church is not a democracy. Yes, we have a democratic process of in business meetings. We vote on some things and that's not a violation of a theocracy but the things that are brought to the church should come from him through the leadership and through the members where they know that they feel like they've heard a word from God and then we determine God are we hearing you right and God how do we do this and we begin to move in that kind of process which is what you all have been doing and demonstrating keep it up these proverbs are not things that I, I don't don't hear me saying that I'm complaining about the way you're treating me because y'all have been fabulous. But I've also been uh, uh, only here on Sundays and Mondays with you, and and Todd's going to be here 24/7, 365 and a quarter, except when he's away on vacation, or children's camp, or youth camp, or some other ministry mission you got him involved in. But continue to do these these proverbs because they really are flowing out of Scripture, even though I've not referenced each one of them. They are. But here's the bottom line I want to say to you. In a theocracy, the pastor needs to be the lead shepherd. The staff, the elders, the deacons, the deaconesses, They need to be strong, supportive, working hand-in-hand together to lead the church. And the body of Christ really needs to get involved in hearing from God. And I think you've demonstrated that during the interim time when we have such positive affirmations when things are voted on that they really sense that I just haven't heard something from God or I've heard a yes from God is basically the way most of the all of the invitation and the uh, uh, the votings have gone along the way. So you have really demonstrated that. But I think if we begin to apply these proverbs, if you will, that flow out of Scripture, when Todd and Ashley and their kids get here, folks, you're going to love him. You're going to love her and those kids. What you have done in the past what we've done during this interim time, 
God is going to build on that. It's not going to be ignored. That is a strong foundation of history you have. And God's been doing things during this interim time. People have been saved. People have been joining the church. People have been getting involved. There is a spirit around here that is so good and so positive. And then God's going to take it and make it even sweeter under Todd's leadership because God has called him to be here. Trust God. God is sovereign. I'm going to miss you like crazy. you're going to forget me because you're going to see what God does in your life and that's the way it's supposed to be. Let, let, let me let me share with you a quote. I was going to do this later but I feel like it now's the right time. It's going to be up on the screen um, but I found this from a, another dead guy. You know I like to quote dead guys. They can't change. You may forget me, what I've said and what I have done. I shall not complain. I ask of you but one thing, and this is what I ask you, that you always remember Jesus Christ. Remember who he is, and you will never be ashamed to confess him before men. Remember who he is, and you will never have any doubts about your eternal salvation. Thank you, Mr. McLean. You said what I feel. And that's what I want. Remember Jesus Christ. Invitation's going to be different this morning. We're not going to have a, an altar call, although if you if there is something like if Christ is saying, listen. You need to profess Christ as your Lord and Savior today. I'll be here. But what I want us to do right now is I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want us to silently praise God for what he's been doing throughout the history of this church. And I want us to pray for Todd and Ashley as they come. And I want you to also remember to pray because we're getting ready to welcome Todd. They're saying goodbye to Todd, and he's starting to pack up and move. And they're entering into what you have been through. So I want you to bow your heads, and I want you to close your eyes. And as Travis plays on the piano, just pray. Silently, privately. Maybe if you're seated next to a loved one, and you just want to grab their hand and you all want to whisper a real silent prayer, you can do that. But pray. Would you just pray right now while Travis plays?